Yes, wherefore God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in earth, things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let's thank our, let's thank our choir for their service. Amen. 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 Praise God. I need you to look with us in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Luke, the great physician who traveled with Paul. He's also the only um, non-Hebrew, non-Jewish writer in the Bible. Amen. Only Gentile author of all the works in the Bible. And Luke wrote the gospel according to Luke in the book of Acts. And he declared that he has expert knowledge of all these things. Amen. Amen. That's what he said. <laughs> Amen. And he's writing to somebody named Theophilus who must be some kind of dignitary or something. Amen. So he's writing to him to communicate the story of Jesus and the story of the acts of the apostles. And we're going to look at Luke chapter 1. Because we want to talk about Zacharias and Elizabeth, um, affectionately known as Zach and Liz. All right? And we'll start, we'll start down with verse, verse 5. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord, blameless. Uh-huh. Now, I, I mentioned this before. We, we're blameless because of what Jesus has done for us. Because of the gift of God that we have, because of that gift of salvation, we're blameless before him. This couple was blameless in their conduct. Uh-huh. I'm not saying that you're not blameless in your conduct, but our blamelessness, our righteousness is a gift. These folks were righteous because they act righteous. Okay? So when it talks about the commandments, it talks about the rules, the regulations, right? And the ordinances were those other rules that the, that the Jewish leaders added on. You know, and it also had to do with the sacrifices and things like that. We're not saying they were without sin. Okay? They, <laughs> we're not saying they were without sin. We're saying they were blameless. There's a difference, right? Amen. Amen. And so, and so Zach, his, Zacharias, his name means Yahweh remembers. And Elizabeth's name means my God is my abundance. And this is very, this is going to be very telling after a while. All right, so they're blameless before God. And verse 7 says, and they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And they were both now well stricken in the years. They're quite old now. And it came to pass while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the customs of the priest's office, his lot or his job was to burn incense when it went up 
when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the same time of incense. Incense represents praise and prayers that go up before the Lord. That's what it represents. In some churches, um, they even have incense in the church because they want you to have a full experience of worship. You know, they want you to see worship. They want you to hear worship. They want you to speak worship. And they want you to smell it. Amen? Amen? Which is all right. So when you see, like, especially in the high churches, what's called high churches are those high ritual churches like the Catholic Church and some Presbyterian churches. And the, and the priest will come in with that thing that he swings back and forth and the little smoke come out of it, you know, so incense. You know, when we, when we want to smell worship, we have chicken frying downstairs. You want to have the smell of worship? Put those sisters downstairs with some fried chicken or some fish or something. And it smells like worship. Uh-huh. We're going to have church up in here. That kind of stuff. Which we haven't done in a while. We're, we're kind of due for one of those. Okay? So, so that's what, that was his thought. Now, let, I need to read this to you because I don't explain, explain it that well, so I'm going to read this to you. The course of a bio. Now, see, there were 24 courses, right, that David set up in the temple. David set the temple up so it would be 24 hours of worship all the time. At any time you show up at the temple, for those of you who are allowed to show up there, you know, at any time there'll be worship going on. And David's, David, King David established that. But let me read this to you. Uh, Abihu or Abijah, the eighth of the 24 orders of, of courses into which David divided the priests. Of these courses, only four returned after the captivity, which were again subdivided into 24, retaining the ancient name in order of each. They took the whole temple service for a week. So for a whole week, um, um, Zach's job was to go and burn incense while people were praying. Okay? So that's what he did. And while he's praying in verse 11, And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. The right side represents power, authority, privileges, and blessings. Right? That's why he wasn't standing on the left. He was standing on the right side. Okay? And then when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. Of course, an angel beamed down in your presence. You're going to be a little scared. You're supposed to be scared. It's natural, right? And that's why, but the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for the, thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. We're going to pause right there. I wonder how long ago he stopped praying for that. At some point, when mama reached menopause, he probably stopped. Despite, despite the history of Abraham and Sarah and, um, and, and Rachel, Jacob and Rachel, and um, Samuel's mom and, and Samson's mom, despite all that history, they probably stopped praying. They probably figured, well, we're not that special. Um, you know, we're not that special. We might as well stop. Well, it's over now. Okay? So I don't know how long ago he stopped praying for that prayer. But the angel shows up and says, your prayer is heard. Now, 
he wasn't talking about the prayers of the people that was going forth while he was burning incense. He talked about that prayer that you asked God for a son so many years ago. All right? And look at his reaction. I'll read this again, verse 13. But the angel of the Lord said, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. 14. And thou shalt have great joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. Let's pause right there. Now, he's going to be strong, and he's going to be great in the sight of the Lord, and that's where we want to be. We want to be in the sight of the Lord. You know, we, what people think about us, we're concerned about. I understand that. But you, me, we're all concerned about how people see us. But I'm more, we need to be more concerned, how does God see us? How does the living God see you? And he sees you as righteous and blameless before him in love. Okay? Now, he shall not drink wine or any strong drink. He's going to be what's known as a Nazarite. A Nazarite was those people who took a vow. They took a vow that they won't drink any wine or, um, or any product from the grape. Okay? No wine, no grape juice, no jelly, no jam. You know, nothing from the grape, okay? You know, nothing from the grape at all. They also had a vow, because Samson had the same vow. They also had a vow where they wouldn't touch any unclean thing. And they wouldn't touch any dead bodies. And if you're a Nazarite and your family member dies, you do not attend the funeral or you have to end your Nazarite vow. It was a type of consecration to get closer to God and be more, more, um, in tune with him. It was a special consecration. And now you also let your hair grow too, like Samson did. You let it grow. Because back in the day, it was a reproach for a man to have long hair. It's not that way anymore. Amen? And even back then, the hair was naturally long compared to what we see. Well, now I can't say that. (laughs) It was long. It wasn't a big deal for a man to have hair on his shoulders. But the Nazarite had long hair, you know, down the back kind of thing. Okay? All right? And so, so what the angel is telling John, Zach, he's telling Zach that John's going to be like a Nazarite. He's going to be consecrated from the, from the womb, and he's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost from the womb. No other person has that experience, y'all. I don't care what they tell you. No other person is filled with the Spirit of God from the womb. Only John. All right? So that's what he's saying about John. And so everybody's going to be happy. There's going to be great rejoicing over your son's birth. And, and this is good news. And let's look at Zach's reaction, y'all. Verse 15, verse 16. And many children of Israel shall go. Yeah. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. Look at the, the message here. He's going to be great before God. There's going to be a lot of rejoicing. And he's going to turn people to the Lord. And he shall go before him in the spirit of power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready 
of people prepared for the Lord. He's going to go before God. He's the forerunner of Christ. And Zechariah, verse 19, said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? Dude, I just told you that. What do you mean, how shall I know it? Right? For I am an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. And the angel answered and said unto him with an attitude, I must admit, I am Gabriel. Gabriel means God is my strength. I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak to thee and show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb, that means unable to speak, and not able to speak until the day these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Ooh, look at there. Angel got attitude with Zach. He struck him with, he made him mute. Made him dumb so he cannot speak. You're gonna, you're not, that's the last time you're going to say something out of, a out of doubt and unbelief until this thing has happened. Because Zach did not believe it. Now, on, in Zach's defense, which can't really be defended, but in his defense, um, he had a point. He said, I mean, he, she is an old woman. Way past menopause, you know? I mean, an old man could still make something happen. Old man got seed, you know, and they could find that seed and get it out. They could get that seed out of them. Old man could do that. But they got to be some place for the seed to go. And as far as that, no, and in the history and the science, the science says this cannot be. But if he's in the spirit, he will look back at the history of his people and know that there's a lot of instances where the barren woman gave birth to a son. And that son was always special. Right? That son was always special. And so he asked the wrong question, y'all. Sometimes you just got to hush and pause for a minute and not say anything. When you hear some incredible stuff, whether good, bad, or indifferent, you have to say, you have to stop and just not, not react yet. And they have to tell you, well, what you got to say about that? <laughs> I'm just trying to stay out of trouble. <laughs> you know, like my boy in beast mode, I forget his, um, Marshawn Lynch, go to the Super Bowl. He says, I'm just here so I won't be fine. Because <laughs> he had to show up at these, at these meetings. and He didn't want to be there. And he certainly didn't want to say the wrong thing. He said, I'm just here so I won't have to pay a fine. I'm here, so I won't have to pay a fine. Well, how you feel about the game? I'm here, so I won't have to pay a fine. How you feeling in your body? I'm here, so I won't have to pay a fine. And it, I watched the thing. It was so entertaining. But Zach should have done that. But, you know, he said, wait a minute. How can this be? How can it be? I don't, how, how am I going to know this is happening after I told you it's happening? How am I going to know this is happening? And Zach got himself in trouble, y'all. Now, here's what you have to understand. A promise is not a gift. God makes promises. 
He made promises to the people of Israel. He made promises to, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He made promises to Adam. He made promises to David. He made promises, but none of those promises were gifts. All those promises came with action that you had to perform. And he made promises to us. And we have an action that we have to perform with the promise. Now, the salvation is a gift, y'all. He gifted you with salvation. If you have it, he gifted you with it. But all those other promises, most of them, you have to do something. Amen? And Zach has to do something, too. Dude, he promised you a son. What you going to do now? He's going to go home to mama. That's what he's going to do. And so let's see if this is going to happen. You know? That's, so the promise is not necessarily a gift. I'm going to talk more about that one day. Y'all going to say amen. Uh, look what it says here. And so, and so y'all, y'all know, um, you know, I'm not going to read this whole thing to you. And so it happens. It happens. Now, the same angel is very busy. Right? And he goes down, and he's going to visit Mary. Okay? And it came to pass, verse 26, and it came to pass in six months, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee, named Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph. Espouse means you're engaged, and when you were engaged back in the day, you were committed. You were already married. You just didn't consummate it. You just didn't live together. We're just going to pause there. Okay? It wasn't common law. Okay? She was espoused to Joseph. I want to show you, I want, I want you to see something here. Of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. And when she saw him, she was troubled. Zach was troubled. She was troubled. She's troubled at the saying. And cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said, fear not. Same thing he told Zach. Don't be afraid. Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great. This sounds familiar, doesn't it? He shall be great and shall be called the son of the most highest. Son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be? She asked, about, she asked the same question. Didn't she? How shall this be? Seeing I know not a man, I have not been involved, I have not been intimate with anybody. How am I pregnant? Come on now. Science is asking the same question. How shall it be? And guess what, the, guess what she gets? She gets an explanation. Zach gets a rebuke. Mary gets an explanation. And the angel said, angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee, and therefore 
also the holy thing which thou shalt, that which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Basically, what the angel is saying, the Lord himself is going to plant the seed in you. Bang. It's going to be miraculous. Now, Zach and Liv's situation is miraculous, too. That's it before. They, Zach asked the question. Mary asked the same question. Zach got rebuked and stricken dumb, and Mary got an explanation. <laughs> What's up with that? Huh? I can't figure it out. The only thing I could assume in my mind, which is very limited, that Zach's prayers was being answered, and Mary was being surprised with something. Mary didn't ask for this. You know? She mind her own business. Got her man. They're going to be married. They're going to come together one day. She minding her own business. And the Lord shows, sends this angel, you know, to tell her the good news. Now, chances are most women in Israel want to be the mother of Messiah. Or be or have Messiah be a descendant of theirs some kind of way. You know, Jesus has some mothers in his history. One of his mothers is Rahab the harlot. Uh-huh. Look at the history. Look at the genealogy. One of his grandmothers was a whore. Yeah. Uh-huh. And another one of his mothers was, um, oh, my goodness, I can't even think of her name, the Moabite. What's her name, Linda? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Uh, her mother, Ruth. Thank you. It slipped my mind. She was a Moabite. She wasn't even an Israelite. She wasn't even one of the children of Abraham. She was from Moab. She was a Moab. Moab was the people that sacrificed children. And these are kind of, and he, then, he, then he got people like, like, like Rachel, who, um, who, who was uh, uh, a deceiver. Okay. Yeah. You know, because um, you got, you got, you got um, Isaac and his wife. And you got these folks who, you know, these, these, are, these are some characters in his bloodline. Let alone you got David and the other brothers and all those men there in the bloodline too. All right? So Jesus had to be the son of God. Else he'd be born in sin like the rest of us. Okay? Anyhow, but look at this thing here. So, 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 so Mary, Mary gets good news. Now, we don't have time to talk about the angel visiting Joseph, right? When the angel visited Joseph, he visited him in a dream. The man had to be unconscious, had to be sedated before he got the word. Uh-huh. Come on now. Because there's a lot of story here. I mean, this would make a great movie, you know. There's a lot of story here because Elizabeth is pregnant. And Mary's going to go visit her cousins, because they're cousins. And she's going to come home three months later, pregnant herself. Uh-huh. Now, come on now. You're going to go away for three months, visit your people, and come back pregnant. And you engaged to me? The man has to be sedated to hear the news. Because the Bible says he's trying to figure out how to put her away, how to break this thing off, how to divorce this woman whom he loved, because she did him dirty. 
but he didn't want to do it publicly because he's a good guy. He's a good man, right? He didn't want to make a public show of her and embarrass her like that because, um, and, and, you know, because they, they, they stone people for stuff like that. And so he's figuring out how, how can I do this, you know? And the angel of the Lord comes unto him in a dream and says, don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife. Take her. Because that was born of her is of the Holy Ghost, you know. And, and he tells him that he shall, you shall call his name Jesus. He shall be great and on and on and on. And Joseph, being the good man that he is, wakes up and marries the girl. You know, people talking. Because after a while, somebody did the math. Come on now. When young people get married, folks start doing the math. <laughs> Am I right, Pastor? My wife and I, we got married young. And when we approached our parents about getting married, someone asked, are you pregnant? <laughs> now, we're talking January and February, we're doing this talking, right? And we're talking about being married in September. Now, if sister was pregnant, we would not wait till September. Because <laughs> that baby would have been born by then. <laughs> but folks start doing the math. They start counting, saying, let's see. Uh-huh. You got married in this month. And, and you had the baby six months later. Ooh. <laughs> right? Even today, as liberal as society and church is, folk be like, ooh, uh-huh. What are we saying? A lot of uh, this, this is no easy thing. This is very complicated. The science does not agree with any of it. You hear what I'm saying? The science does not agree with any of it. The old lady gets pregnant, right? And the virgin gets pregnant. And that both of those things are considered impossible. All right? They didn't have no test tube babies or artificial insimulation back in the day. It was kind of like an artificial insimulation, but the Lord put the seed, gave her the seed itself. When we read the scripture yesterday, uh, last week, it says, the seed of the woman. There's only one woman that ever has seed, and her name is Mary, right? Because the Lord gave her the seed, gave her her own seed himself. So what we're saying, a lot went into this birth, this virgin birth here, right? And, then we, and we don't have time to talk about how, how special Mary is, right? And part of the reason why she's so special because she had a good man. That Joseph was a good man. The Bible said he was a good man. Yeah. If she had some joker for a husband, she would not be qualified to bear this child because she would not have nobody take care of him. You hear what I'm saying? So, so a lot of stuff went on and, and a lot of sacrifice was made. If we continue reading, if we continue reading, um, the wise, the so-called wise men, the magi, you know, after the birth and everything, a couple of years later, they show up. Asking Herod, where's the king of the Jews? They asked the king, where's the king? <laughs> they must have been some bad fellas. 
Because they go up to Herod and say, dude, where's the guy that's replacing you? The little boy, where is he? And Herod, he asks his counsel, and they go to the scriptures. They turn the pages, and they find out that he's supposed to be born in Bethlehem. And you know what Herod does? He goes and kills everybody under two. He goes and kills the babies. Imagine the sacrifice. Imagine the heartache and the pain that people are going through, right? So, and because Joseph was told in a dream, because God talked to him in a dream, because he can't take it, right? Get the wife and the baby and get out of here. Go down to Egypt where it's safe and stay there a little while, okay? So what we're saying, that a whole lot went into this, and we're just skimming over it right now. Right, because I have to make up for time lost. And, and a whole lot of sacrifice, right? A whole lot of sacrifice went into bringing Jesus into the world. And it's very important. It's so important that these things happen, and the Lord himself had to um, uh, set this up the way it was set up. You got Zach and Liz doing what they have to do, because John the Baptist has a great ministry ahead of him. You, you have Mary and Joseph doing what they have to do to, um, to provide us a Christ. Amen? Right? Now, these people are special because they obey God. Despite the risk. The risk to themselves, the risk to um, their name, and all those things. So, you know, when John the Baptist is born... They're going to say, what's his name? And you know what church folk do. And family, they tell you what to name your child. You know that. You know, they'll say, you should call him this. You should call him that. And, and, and Liz said his name is John. And they say, how can his name be John? There's nobody in your family named John. <laughs> you know what? I figure a woman has, gives birth, she should be able to call that child anything she want to call him. I mean... I've, I've witnessed this. I watched it four times up close. And, uh, woo, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work, man. I know a story of a man who got, uh, a husband who got his hand broke because he was un unaware and, and not knowing any better, was holding his wife's hand while she was in labor. And she broke it. So, I mean, that's about crack. So, so I figure a woman have a child, call what you want. You got a name? Yeah, baby, whatever you say. My wife allowed me to name my children, but if she objected, it's... You did all the work. <laughs> Shoot. I'm just a witness. <laughs> right? All right, so check this out. So she said, name is John. They said, you can't name the dude John. Because nobody in your family's named John as if you have to name your child after somebody. So they went to Zach and said, Zach, straighten your wife out. Tell her what the name of the child is going to be. And so they gave him a tablet, and he wrote on the tablet, John. And as soon as he wrote that, his voice came back. He was able to speak. 
and he preached, and he prophesied. Let me see if I read some of the stuff he said. I've got to skip down, because Mary did some prophesying herself. All right, verse 65, 66. And all they that heard him laid them up in their hearts, saying, What manner of child shall this be? And the hand of the Lord was with him. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied. <laughs> He's been shut up for about nine months, y'all. And when he was able to talk, he started prophesying. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited the redeemed of his people. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. He spake with the mouth of the holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore unto Father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, he speaks to the child now. Y'all speak to your children. Go ahead. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest. For thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way to give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high has visited us to give light unto them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Go on, preach. Zach was a preacher. <laughs> he was a prophet. He, was a, he went down as a priest, but he rose up as a prophet, prophesying what thus say the Lord. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and was in the desert till the day of his showing unto Israel. My goodness. There's more stuff about John the Baptist. We can't go into it right now. But what are we saying? We're saying that the Lord is a great story, and even though the science does not agree with us, we don't care. Because the just live by faith anyway. Right? By faith we know that the worlds were came into being by the word of God. Not by the science of it, but by the word. The Lord spoke it and it happened. Right? The Lord spoke this and it happened. Remember, promises are not gifts. Okay? The promise requires an action. Gifts don't require anything. Gifts just require receiving. All right? But when the Lord make a promise, there's an action. You know, there's some, many times there's a condition with the promise. And some people have been promised some things that did not come to pass, and they blame God for it. But what has happened is that they did not do the correct action to bring the promise about. He promised Israel the promised land. The promised land, they had to go fight for it. It's not a gifted land. It's a promised land. This is yours. Go take it. 
You're right. You've been promised a job. You got to apply for the job. You got to interview for the job. You got to prepare yourself for the job. The job's not. Then you got to work it. Amen. All right. You know, there's arranged marriages. People make arranged marriages. I, I promise you, my daughter. I'm not giving you my daughter. It's not a gift. You got to work. You got to work this thing. Do if this arranged marriage, you 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 owe me. Before you walk away with my daughter, you're going to pay a high price. Even if it's not arranged, I feel that way. Uh-huh. It's not a gift. <laughs> you got you to do it, right? You got to work this thing, man. You're going to have to pay. You're going to have to pay for this. Anyhow, before we go off track, because it's easy to do that sometimes. See, you preachers have to understand, when the Holy Ghost stops, you need to stop too. And I'm going to stop right now. I don't even know how to close this out properly, but I'm going to just stop. We'll pick this up later. We'll go over it again. Come on, let's stand together. Listen here. A lot of people, including Jesus himself, went out their way so you could have salvation. Right? A lot of lies. Continue reading. Read, read the book of Luke. Read the whole story. A lot of lies were sacrificed so you and I could stand here free, freely worship the living God. Not just the Bible people, but coming all the way up to this point to 2020, which is about to happen on us soon. A lot was sacrificed so you and I could have this freedom. And so we can freely worship our God the way we want to. And we should not take this thing for granted. We should not blow it off like this is no big, this is a big deal. It really is. This is huge. And we need to be grateful. Amen. Amen. Grateful to our God and grateful to all the people involved in bringing this message to us. All right. We need to be grateful and we need to take advantage of the opportunity. If you're not a believer today, you need to be one. You know, one place it says, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? This great salvation, the salvation is a gift, y'all. Amen? The salvation is a gift. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to achieve it. You don't have to deserve it. It's a gift. The Lord gives us gifts. Right? It's better than a promise because it's a gift. And all you got to do is believe God. Believe God for your salvation. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God without exception. Even Mama. Even Nana. Right? And Big Papa and everybody else and that sweet little baby that you hold in your lap, a sinner. Everybody. But Jesus became sin that you and I could become righteousness in him. He did all the work for our salvation. He paid the price for our sins. He paid the price for our salvation. 
he took on our chastisement so we could be saved today. And you can receive that salvation just for the asking. Just for the asking. Amen. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift of God. Right? It's not for those who work for it, not for those who earn it. They don't have to achieve it, don't have to buy it, don't have to qualify it. You're already qualified because you're a sinner. If you're a sinner, you're qualified to receive salvation by faith. So we encourage you to trust God today. Trust God. You see, by Gabriel's reaction, the Lord has an attitude with those who don't <laughs> trust him, who doubt his word. Amen. So we don't want to be those like those who doubt. And we don't want to be fearful and unbelieving either. Amen. Now, if you need salvation, you should come and let us pray with you. If you, if you need prayer for whatever reason, any reason at all, we believe God together. We'll trust God with you and, and believe God. You know, because the Lord is a prayer answering God. And one of the privileges that we have as children of God is that he hears us when we pray. It's a tremendous privilege. It's a blessing. It's even a right that you have to pray. The Bible says you go boldly to the throne of grace to receive forgiveness of sin. That means confidently before God. And you receive grace to help you in time of trouble. If you desire prayer, we want you to come now. Come on. If you desire prayer.